0: We live. We doing a live.
1: There, now we're live. We're doing a live. It, it takes OBS a second. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Big Trouble and Little Podcast. This is episode 156. Uh, another, another Big Trouble guide in. I am Andy.
0: I'm Zach.
1: Dubs is still out. He's being imprisoned.
0: He's being held in a holding cell in North Korea, awaiting summary execution.
1: Last week we talked about how we were gonna watch either more Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee movies. We did neither. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah, uh, we didn't check to see to make sure we we could watch Bruce Lee movies on streaming services the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I didn't want to watch any of the Bruce Lee movies dubbed, so it kind of threw a wet blanket on that.
1: <laughs> they have they have like a weird, semi pleasant. Um, not nostalgic, uh, hammy kind of classic aesthetic. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, the way to watch it is uh, Mandarin or Cantonese. It's, yeah, Cantonese. With, Cantonese with English subtitles.
0: I I, I watched Fist of Fury dubbed before and it, I still enjoyed it, but I, I know, I think they'll be better in the original language.
1: I suspect so. Maybe we'll find a way to watch them in the future because, uh, dubs acted like he wouldn't mind watching them as well
0: mm-hmm. maybe we'll do a bruce lee thing
1: but uh speaking of watching those movies I'm, we might as well go ahead and do what have you been playing and watching i'm gonna go first this week because i watched the big boss The Big boss. um bruce lee went to the united states and he wanted to break into well he didn't want to do phil at first at first he just wanted to be a martial arts instructor and he was teaching martial arts to like um Steve McQueen, James Coburn, a bunch of other, like, famous people. And he kind of started getting into film. He was uh, Kano in The Green Hornet. Yeah. But it never, like, took off for him. And he was having trouble paying his mortgage in Hollywood. And he was back in China for some reason, or Hong Kong for some reason. And he was somewhat famous because Green Hornet had just come out on television there. So someone cast him in The Big Boss. And uh, it's interesting to watch the movie because you can see this happening. It stars him and another guy who up until that point was like the biggest martial arts action star in Hong Kong action movies. Yeah. And while they were making the movie, they were trying to decide which of them would be the lead.
0: Oh.
1: They both share the spotlight a little bit in the first act and as they were making the movie they didn't know which way they were going to go with it and then it turned out hey this Bruce Lee guy he's 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 a really good actor and then something happens and Bruce Lee becomes the focus of the movie the rest of the movie is really good I was really surprised in martial arts movies, you, you always expect, like, a bunch of people to get beat up. I motherfuckers get killed in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Gruesomely. <I haven't laughs> it's like, oh my god!
0: <laughs> I haven't seen that times. one yet, so.
1: It's it's really good. You'll like it when you get to see it. Besides that, I uh, I got myself one of those Xbox Series Sexes. There's a lot of sounds in that. Sex An box. Xbox Sex. Sex Box. But I've played it heaping boatload of forza horizon 4 that game is outrageously fun
0: Hmm.
1: grossly fun and um i played some more pokemon shield game's still interesting i'm still enjoying it there was there was a brief moment where everyone on my team was non-generation one (laughs) my problem playing pokemon has always been i gravitate to the to gen one pokemon because that's what i grew up with yeah so there was a while that all six of my Pokemon were non Gen One, and then one of my Pokemon evolved into Hitmonlee, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I kept him though. I call him Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it just—it was weird because I had just watched the big boss like two days before, and then that Pokemon evolved into Hitmonlee, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" <laughs> The universe is speaking to me. I guess so. I'm gonna hold off though on speaking a little more about the Xbox Series X until Dubs is back next week.
0: Yeah, we can both talk. We can all talk about Forza too. Then.
1: Yeah, that's right. We can. Did you watch anything? You play anything?
0: Um, I've been watching Loki on Disney Plus. Uh, I think so far I'm finding that I'm enjoying it the most out of all these uh, Marvel shows they're doing. Did you watch? Falcon. <clears throat> Falcon, winter soldier,
1: winter soldier. Yeah. I almost had captain
0: America. <laughs> Falcon, captain America. I watched all three of them so far. Okay.
1: Um,
0: I'm, yeah, I'm liking this one the best though.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, one division was pretty cool just because it had like such a weird premise and mm-hmm. it, like you didn't really know what was going on. So that was kind of like the hook to keep you watching really. Um, that was effective. Uh, and I, I thought it ended pretty good And that, falcon and winter soldier was okay it was all right they do some there's some stuff in the plot they do i don't really care for and uh there's a really dumb scene it's only like 30 seconds or something but man (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty dumb Hmm. um
1: is it a major spoiler you can't say it on the show
0: no like i i can say it like (sighs) You see where they go to talk to this guy who used to be like a, a super soldier. They gave him a super soldier formula two. Somehow they were able to recreate it mm-hmm. and they gave it to this guy who I think went to go rescue like POWs or something. Like it was like during the Korean war or whatever. Uh, he just happens to be a black guy though. And um, they, after it was all done, they kept him in a, a lab and just did tests on him and they wouldn't let him go. So like he's Sam's visiting him to learn about this stuff. It has something to do with the plot. I can't really remember it now off the top of my head. But they're you know they're in a inner city neighborhood. That's where this guy lives. Sure. He walks out, and uh, Bucky's out there, and then they're talking and they're, they start arguing. You know because they don't get along. Really.
1: Yeah. It's a cop drama comedy. Right. That's
0: part of the, the deal with them. And, like, yeah. they start arguing, and then all of a sudden, like, two or three cop cars pull up, and cops get out. Like, they're ready to do something, and they ask Bucky, sir, is he bothering you? <sighs> you see? You see how, you see how <laughs> fucking stupid that is? Is it not played as a joke? No, it's played serious. <laughs> and it's like, do you the... Do one, that's, that's pretty on the nose.
1: I mean, I get it. I get what they're going for.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I do too, but it's so Police stupid. Police have a
1: tendency to harass African-Americans and you know, believe white people. I, I get it. But man, that is just like right on the
0: nose. <laughs> and it's three of them show up and they don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, that too. Actually, well, they should all know who these people are. They don't know who either of these guys are. I can understand them maybe not knowing who who Bucky is, but mm, they would yeah, know. Sure. They know who the fuck Falcon is. Yeah. So I I hated that. I just thought that was really dumb, bad, badly played. <laughs> it it, put, it left a bad taste in my mouth. It's like, why do you guys gotta do that? Like, I digress though. Loki's yeah. Loki's good. So far, all these shows are good. Um, I have been playing I beat Persona 4 I put it away finally uh, it, that it. was a good feeling and because, uh, like I said I've been wor- working on playing that game off and on forever uh, mm-hmm. and now I can finally continue the story I can play Persona 4 Arena and uh, I, I could never play the story mode in that game because it would have spoiled parts of 4 for me
1: oh I didn't realize the story was like canonical
0: yeah a, pres- a pres- oh. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is actually—it's. I was stupid and thought that it was just like Super Street Fighter or something like that, and I traded off my old copy. When I was getting ready to like play it, I realized this continues. It says on the box, "This continues the story for Persona 4 Arena." I'm like, what? It's actually a sequel. <laughs> it's like a super version that's that continues the story.
1: Oh. And it's canonical. I wouldn't have known that if you hadn't said that.
0: Both of them are canonical. So.
1: I get confused about that shit because there's like Persona Q. That's not. The DS game. And it has, it has the characters in it. Yeah. And I just always assumed, oh, that, that's not canonical. It's like for fun. Yeah, that's just for it's fun. It's an and Odyssey style with the Persona characters. And there's a what's it called? Dance All Night or something like that? That's
0: also just for fun. There's no story in Yeah, that. that's
1: also just for fun. So I always assumed the fighting game was also for fun.
0: No. Oh. That's just like Strikers, you know? Stri- yeah,
1: strikers, I know, is in line with the story. I've wanted to play it for a long time because i played Love 5, but I've had a lot on my plate lately.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that, and I just beat uh, Devil May Cry 3 uh, on PS2. I never really got around to playing through that one. I I bought it. Huh?
1: Four, right?
0: Uh, yeah. I need to play four what? next.
1: What's the lame one?
0: DMC. That and Devil May Cry two. DMC is really lame. <laughs> like I always hear, like the gameplay is good, but like I don't know. Maybe someday I'll buy it dirt cheap and try it. But
1: I've already seen it around sub ten dollars.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Devil May Cry three is great. Uh, I. Say it's just about as good as the first game, if not better. Uh, I never beat four. Like I played it, got tired of it, traded it off because that was back in the day when I was like a child and had no money. Yeah. So you know,
1: we all went through
0: that. You got to sacrifice something to get something from GameStop. Um, and I'm working my way up being able to play five. So that's coming. That's, that's pretty much it other than me reading comic stuff and whatnot.
1: well I know for a fact that you watched at least one other movie on Netflix we'll finally reveal that uh the audible we pulled was Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway is out yeah was... Netflix has exclusive rights to the English dub and you wouldn't know it to look at Netflix because they apparently don't give a fuck
0: yeah, it's not anywhere on the front page like you were saying I'm like what the hell It's just
1: i was even i wanted to know where is it so i looked at all the new stuff it wasn't there i looked at all the popular stuff it wasn't there i wasn't too surprised by that then there was an anime header it's not there and i looked all the way through that i I think unicorn was in there but they didn't put hathaway in there the the movie that they paid a bunch of money to secure exclusive streaming rights for in the united states
0: i don't get it like they're
1: hiding it yeah I had to do a search for it. Like, I wouldn't have known it was there if I wasn't a member of, like, the Gundam subreddit, Facebook shitposting groups, whatever.
0: Yeah. I thought it was coming out this year. I just didn't know that it was so soon. Like, it was, like, right now. My first. And I was also surprised to see that they just called it Hathaway and dropped Hathaway's Flash. (laughs) There's a reason for that. Because it's a novel. Uh, Hathaway's
1: Flash is the novel upon which the movie is based, But it only takes place in the first third of the novel. Yeah. The novel itself is Hathaway's Flash. The first movie is Hathaway. The second movie is going to be called something else, and the third movie is going to be called something else. But collectively, all three movies are Hathaway's Flash.
0: Okay. That's what I figured. I
1: had had to look it up to understand that. Yeah. The Gundam timeline shit is confusing as all hell.
0: It can be, yeah.
1: At least, I was a little confused watching Hathaway. I was like, this... Does take place in line with Unicorn and narrative, right? And it does. I looked at it's it. just after all it's that. A, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's weird because they don't even, it doesn't come up.
0: Not yet, like, anyway.
1: Uh, huh?
0: Not yet, anyway. We don't know if it can come yeah. up later.
1: Good point. But they talk about what happened in Shar's counterattack ad nauseum.
0: Yeah, they do.
1: Which is the point. The main character, Hathaway. I. Uh, j- I was just going to say straight up, if you haven't watched a fuck ton of Gundam stuff, I can't help you.
0: You got homework to do. I have
1: nothing. I got nothing for you. Yeah. Go, go find look, a, Don't turn this episode off.
0: Go find a YouTube look, video, a Wikipedia or something. Yeah.
1: Look, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'd like to tell a lot of the people who listen to the show, the same thing that I told a good friend of mine today. Watch the first 20 minutes. Watch up until the credit roll just to appreciate how fucking great the animation is.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Cuz
1: up until then nothing important happens. They're just on a spacecraft and it's like a, a fancy pants rich people's flight and uh it's hijacked.
0: Mm-hmm. A
1: bunch of terrorists come on board and and some exciting stuff happens. Yeah. That's all that happens at the beginning. It, you don't you don't you don't need to have watched Gundam Zeta, Double Zeta, Shars Counter Tech, Eighth MS Team Stardust Memory, born into Pocket. You know, you didn't have to ride the Green Divers ride in Japan. <laughs> it's fun. Just watch the first twenty minutes and just enjoy it. And then, if you're really getting into it, try it. Just try to watch. Try to watch it cold.
0: Yeah, I think you can. I think
1: you could get by.
0: Yeah, because like uh, the thing that struck me that first, yeah, 15, 20 minutes, whatever that is, the way it, it played out and it ended. It almost had, like, nothing to do with Gundam, it felt like. And it was, like, the way it ends, when they're getting off the jet after all that yeah. happens. And then, like, what?
1: Like, they don't even say the main character's name. He's like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't catch your name.
0: Yeah, I think Gigi asks him, or, or, like, one of the guys there does. And he's just like. No,
1: it's the, it's the commander. Oh, it's the commander, uh, yeah. Um, Slag? Slade? What was his
0: Slag. name? Slag. Yeah, Kenneth Slag. I got that up so we wouldn't forget anybody's name because <laughs> some people have weird yeah, names. A good again. idea, but uh, yeah, he's like, oh, it's uh, Noah Hathaway, Noah. Like he's fucking James Bond or some shit because you just watched him like take out a bunch of guys like James Bond style and shit. Like he knew what he was doing the whole time. I was like, oh, and then that, it starts the the crawl, the opening credit crawl, the mobile Suit Gotham Hathaway, and I was like, here we go,
1: and you start seeing there's a, I mean, besides the budget that's apparent in the animation, they also have, um, really good music and like licensed music. I guess in Japan, the songs from this film are like charting singles and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I especially like the music they played when they were riding in the car, going to the hotel. It was, yeah. It was very aesthetic, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like, uh, the first thing that struck me, though, was how great the animation was. It kind of reminded me of, like, the first time I saw Endless Waltz. Like, how big of a jump that is when it's, like, uh, yeah, Yeah,
1: because Gundam, for decades, was, you know, a TV show. It's fun. It's for young men, boys, children, depending on the series we're talking about. Yeah. But this 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 movie is stone cold serious. Mm-hmm. If you were a child and you tried to watch this movie, I could forgive you for being bored out of your skull.
0: U sees for older fans. It's for uh, people who are in the older age bracket, probably yeah. late teens, 20s, and then all the uh, all the boomers like us and mm-hmm. anybody like a lot of. That's the thing, like, in a lot of the groups I'm in, people talk about the demographics of, like, who likes what series. Yeah. A lot of the older fans tend to like Universal Century. Universal
1: Century. It's the best century. Yeah. Uh, It it has grown up with the people who enjoyed it. Mobile Suit Gundam, the original series, is older than I am. Yeah.
0: 1979
1: came out. 1979, that's right. And uh, as time has gone on... Stuff, you know, Stardust memory moved along how much serious it was going to be. And then, uh, uh, Charge counterattack it count, that might have come before. Um, Unicorn was a big jump forward as well. And now I think Hathaway is just. I, it's. I, I'm a fanboy, so I'm trying to, like, temper what I'm saying, but Hathaway is just a damn well written movie independent of being about giant robots
0: yeah that's it struck me as pretty fairly well written um Mm -hmm. there was just a couple points where i'm like uh some of the things they're talking about they're doing i don't know what they are like i don't know the significance of it yet yeah uh that there's still still some confusion yeah that that reminded me of like what happened in um uh what was the last movie that came out? I forgot the name of it. Now. Narrative? Narrative. Yeah. They did that a lot in narrative too. And I was like, what's going on?
1: They did it a lot worse in narrative. Yeah. I liked narrative, but I didn't love it.
0: Yeah. I just felt it I was I remember okay.
1: wanting it to be more like Unicorn. And it just, it was kind of.
0: Uh... Yeah. It's like, it's like you made Endless Waltz and then had none of the Gundam Wing characters in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Kind of.
0: It's, it's kind of what it felt like, like to It's me. pretty.
1: I love the uh, Stein, whatever, that the bad guy's mobile suit was. It's badass. Yeah. Real quick, uh, like I said, there's not a lot of mobile suits in this, but if we're talking about Gundam, one of the things everyone wants to talk about is the Gundams, right? Mm -hmm. And you get two in this
0: movie. Yeah. Penelope. I
1: (laughs) fucking hate both of them.
0: They don't, yeah, they look weird.
1: Um, The only cool thing about the Penelope is the silhouette it casts. Yeah. Because the whole first two-thirds of the movie, you only ever see it at night. Mm-hmm. So you catch a little bit of it. And that's cool. That's really awesome. But then when you actually see it, it's like, what a fucking mess.
0: Yeah, like, it looks to me like it's... And the the same thing for the other one, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like... Gundam Z- Z- Yeah, something like that. And it looks like it, it has... It reminded me of the Dark Gundam almost. You know how, like... It's got a Gundam head coming out of its lower torso. It's got yeah. the start of a Gundam head on its chest. It's even got like the little <laughs> samurai helmet crest thing coming out of it. And it's like, What the hell? Yeah, they're really busy. They're really bulky looking. Yeah, both of them. If I didn't know any better, I'd say they were trying to like say, this is the evolution of mobile suit design. Like, because if you look at Suzabi or Nightingale.
1: Yeah, yeah Nightingale
0: especially but Unicorn takes place after that and shit didn't go that way
1: it didn't like <laughs> Unicorn and um, the Banshee kind of have an over designed thing going on but not not like this
0: no they still mostly resemble regular I guess what I would call the standard mobile suit design for Gundam yeah.
1: I, I guess I, I guess uh, the Cassatria is more outrageous than the Unicorn
0: yeah yeah you could say that's another step in that big bulky crazy mobile suit thing they're going for.
1: Though the mobile suit design in this movie is saved single handedly by the awesome design of the Messer.
0: The Messer's cool and yeah. so is that other one, the Federation one. It, what I forgot what it was called. It had like a weird Gustav Carl.
1: Gustav Carl, that's it. It's like an up armored GM. GM Gesta or something.
0: Yeah, it's like the it's like the next step of the Gesta, which everybody likes anyway.
1: yeah yeah the chest of kicks ass all right sorry yeah we'll we'll digress from this fucking way overly dirty conversation (laughs) about the mobile suit design in this this movie we'll actually talk about the plot and the characters which i love i've seen a lot of people complain and you know I've, i've kind of been proud of the fandom a little bit because it's been kind of a tempered complaint but they're always like man there's not enough mobile suits in this fucking mobile suit movie that's my favorite part of it. the whole movie. The whole movie could have been no mobile suits.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Like, I I kind of had the same thing halfway, a little bit over halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Was like, you know, there's no mobile suit. I mean, there was a big mobile suit battle. It's just that none of the main characters were a part of it. Were a part of it.
1: Yeah, they were just trying to not get set the hell on fire and crushed. Yeah, that's that's super exciting. That's that's the most exciting Gundam fight I've seen in a while, years and years and years. Yeah. And it
0: it really drove home that point. Sometimes they like to do this throughout the history of Gundam animation. They really want to drive home like these machines are huge and the pieces of them are huge. And when there's collateral damage, it's crazy. You don't actually realize it unless you're a little tiny person on the ground. Like when... Yeah,
1: they they do a good job of demonstrating, like, the power of these machines. A, a beam rifle strikes a building nearby, and, like, just the sparks from it, like, melt yeah. a cast iron post in the cement on the sidewalk. It melts
0: the cement, too!
1: Yeah, it's just like, th- these things are outrageously powerful. Th- these are these are super scary machines of war war as hell. I think the, it's got that whole war in the pocket war as hell kind of feeling to that whole part.
0: Yeah. I think the last time I saw something like that, uh, was probably F 91, which has one of the, I haven't got around to that. Oh man. It's, it's cool. Like the plots kind of weak for it, but it's worth watching. Uh, I had a
1: weird revelation when I was looking up stuff about Hathaway Hathaway takes place in UC-105. That's the year. Universal Century, they restart the years when mankind goes into space. Yeah. And apparently F-91 takes place in Universal Century 123.
0: If that's still going to hold up as canon.
1: <laughs> that's, they say it's still part of canon. So less than 20 years from Hathaway, F-91 takes place.
0: Yeah. But uh, one of the things a lot of people like about F-91 is the opening... Uh, scene where there's like a bunch of these weird guys show up and just set siege on the colony or whatever they're on. Mm. It's one of the best opening uh, attack scenes of like, I guess, any mech anime, I would say. Uh, And there's this part where there's like these people running around the streets and the shell casings from the rifles they're using, one of them falls on like some mom trying to get their kid away. And like, the main character, I think his name is Seabrook, sees it, and then he sees the kid, Mari, get up! And she's crushed by a shell Jeez. casing the size of a truck. So it's just like, damn, yeah. Mobile suits are no joke.
1: Yeah. We've barely talked about the story to this movie.
0: Um, we don't get to talk about Gundam. If you'd,
1: <laughs> if you'd have researched this movie a little bit, you would already know that the point is that Hathaway Noah, Bright Noah's son, which only means something to you if you're into Gundam, has been radicalized against the Earth government. He's attached himself to this terrorist unit that more or less just wants to do the same thing Char wanted to do. He wants mankind off the Earth. They should go to space and they should let Earth heal. That's the whole dogma of the bad guys throughout the Universal Century in Gundam. Sometimes. Most you know, mostly. Sometimes I mean, sometimes they're just straight up bad guys, and they just like want to take over, conquer territory, or whatever. But Shar and some of the more uh, righteous, likable villains—that's that's that's their whole thing. That's their modus operandi. They want people off the earth. Get out of here. Even if they gotta destroy the earth to do it. Hence Shar's counter (laughs) counter counterattack. But again, I digress. We're not. We can't get off in the Gundam weeds too often.
0: How anime. I must save the world by destroying it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Luck, luckily though, if you watched this and you didn't know that it doesn't matter. I was really entertained at the beginning because I didn't know if he was already part of that organization. I knew that was like the vague plot, but I, I stopped watching trailers and stuff because I just wanted to see it. Me too. So at the beginning I was like, are we waiting for him to be recruited into this organization or is he already part of it? And of course, uh, what's your face? Gigi, super weird last name figures it out. Like right off, kind of right off the bat. Andalusia. That's it. That's right. She's like, Oh, it kind of makes sense. So you have to be mafty something mafty, Nibby Aaron. The name, the names in this movie are bonkers but he's he's the imaginary leader of this terrorist organization. He's like is he the ghost of Shar. Ah. <laughs> and they they keep you in suspense kind of during the first act. Like how involved is he? Yeah. Is it- and they they don't really they don't really let you know until a little further on.
0: No, he kind of still plays it off like oh he knows about Nafti, but he's not really part of that or anything. Yeah, it seems like he's vaguely involved with like the Federation. Uh,
1: they they kind of get to give you a trick because they talk about how malcontents are massing somewhere in Australia. Yeah, and they like want to join Mafty to do something. Yeah, they're calling themselves
0: Mafty's army.
1: Right, they're calling themselves his army, and it's revealed later on that had has nothing to do with them. Yeah that's just a bunch of goons who think they're going to try to join Mafty, or they're going to do what Mafty wants to do. And it turns out the organization itself has nothing to do with them. So it's it's an interesting, like that way, when, when, uh, Hathaway finds out about it, his reaction is genuine. Like that's dumb or I don't know anything about them or anything, something like that.
0: But, uh, later uh, she, yeah, she kind of guesses he's Mafty, which I was like, I feel like that was kind of a leap, but whatever. They always tend to do that in some of these Gundam plots. It's like there's this girl character who somehow is able to disarmingly know things about people. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. It reminded me of quest who I, I hate. I hate a lot. (laughs) She is
1: pretty relevant to this, to the plot of this movie without (coughs) you needing to know who she is or what that means i still like people are like oh you you got a kill in um the second neo zeon uprising or whatever it's called and he's always like uh yeah i don't want to talk about it
0: Uh, he just plays it off like i was uh Uh it caused a bunch of problems i really shouldn't have done that i just got lucky yeah
1: it caused a lot of problems for my father he says a couple times yeah but if you've seen Char's counterattack, attack, you know that it's like one of the most emotionally charged points of the
0: film. Even if it was stupid,
1: it is. It's really <laughs> stupid.
0: <laughs> we can get into a whole other discussion about that movie, but we're not going to do that.
1: We can. You, you and I have always agreed, much against the rest of the Gundam fandom nation. I don't care for that movie much. <laughs> And I was really worried because I heard about how much Hathaway has to do with... Because the character is pivotal to that movie. Yeah. And I heard that this takes off a lot of that. I was like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to like this movie. but I'm going to give it a shot. They did this right.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I would say they even did the Quest character better because it's like they try to make parallels. Like, oh, Gigi's like Quest. She has like a weird personality and shit. But Mm -hmm. at least she's not... I I don't know how to put it, other than so offensively stupid and asinine.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Like, she seems... They're trying to make it seem like she's just, like, some gold-digging, like... Yeah.
0: Like, she's with some baron who's, like, 80 years old or whatever. 80 years old, that's how he bought her an apartment
1: in Hong Kong.
0: That's how she was able to get on that flight with all those big fat cat Federation people and stuff.
1: Yeah, and Kenneth is, like, dancing around it. At one point when she's about to leave, because they they have to emergency land in, uh, I think it's the Philippines, Val or whatever. And uh, he's like, "Uh, apparently the only reason you got on that flight was because of this this cabinet minister guy. And he's like 80. And she's like, yeah, our relationship is intimate. She just like straight up tells him, yeah, I'm fucking the guy. What of it?
0: Well, he straight up asked her before that. It's like, hey, you should sleep with me
1: we should you should spend the night with me
0: what the fuck? <laughs> and then even Hathaway's like geez could you like say it some other way or something <laughs> <laughs> oh god
1: um uh, interestingly all the interactions between all three of the main characters are almost always interesting mm-hmm. they do the weird there's like a love triangle sort of oh there is a love triangle yeah. but there's not when kenneth and hathaway interact it doesn't seem like there's any animosity but then it's revealed they're like arch enemies in the grander scheme of like socio-political warfare whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're leaders of opposing military forces in the south pacific
0: yeah because figured-
1: when they're talking it's just like oh you can sleep with her i don't care
0: Yeah, Hathaway always plays it cool, like, I don't care, whatever. He walks out, he's going, I'm going to go for a walk. He sees her changing clothes. Mm -hmm. Oh, geez, like, could you, like, not do that? (laughs) I hate it when women walk around naked all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just
1: a weird thing to say, too.
0: (laughs) He's like, what, did that make her mad? Because she just runs into her room and, like, slams the door. (laughs) Uh, He's kind of amusing. He's a bit doofy, but he's amusing.
1: There are a ton of supporting characters. Uh, most of them, in the what is it called? Mafty. It's what's the terrorist organization? It seems
0: like it's the organization is referred to as Mafty, but then Hathaway made up that name for himself. Yeah, Ma- right. Hathaway is Mafty.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. He there's there's a monologue at some point later. It's like, oh, the only reason I'm in this mess is because I was. I wanted to use this name one last time to get back to Earth in style and see the cabinet ministers one last time. Because part part of the plot is that the organization is killing off high-ranking members of the Federation Earth government.
0: Yeah, who's corrupt, apparently. Yeah,
1: they, and they're, they're shown to be pretty corrupt.
0: What are they doing? They didn't explain this. And I hope this gets explained later. But, like, this, they have these... Um, what did they call it? They were, like, these patrols? Manhunters.
1: Yeah, the Manhunters... I was waiting for the other shoe to drop on that. It, they don't. <laughs> because everyone is like, yeah, Mafti should do something about them. And he's just like, I agree. It, and th- th- nothing comes of it. it basically. <laughs> but apparently they're just like an asshole paramilitary well, police force. The they're, they're like police who've run away with power because they have all this uh, surplus military equipment. What does that sound fucking like? Yeah. And they're rounding up people who don't have an earth pass. And I think they're deporting them to space. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I was like, why are they? why do you need an earth pass? You didn't need an earth pass before.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we missed a story beat somewhere.
0: Yeah. That confused me. I was like, why are they deporting people earth pass? And then they just, they never explained it. So hopefully they explain it
1: later. I, I think all you needed to know is that these guys are like asshole, corrupt police officers, mm-hmm. militarized police, earth police.
0: They fly around. I in really
1: their... liked the, the one mobile suit is like, just looks like a cool gesta but then it's got like a machine gun turret, like right where the dick goes.
0: That's for the guys. Yeah. I mean, it's dual purpose. I mean, what if they don't want that, that mobile suit to like blast a city block?
1: Right, yeah, no, they're, they're, it's crowd control. They don't need an anti-tank rifle or something.
0: I hope they make a kid of that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, you know what I want a kid of? That firefighting suit that we see just for like a second.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was cool.
1: <laughs> like after the main fight, there's like two of them. They got like big tanks and then like a big-ass hose. I was like, oh, man, I want to build one of those. That's cool. That's neat. <laughs>
0: um, let's see. It's oh, so-
1: but there's several supporting characters in the terrorist organization. They all seemed interesting, but n- none of them really get enough screen time for me.
0: Yeah. We don't really get to know them that well. There's like the, the girl he meets at the botanical garden. Right. Uh, I
1: so think, the pilot who gets captured, he kind of is relevant.
0: Yeah. He, I guess he was a good pilot. He was just outnumbered. There was like four assholes of justice fighting him. <laughs> He's, he didn't die. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Then there was uh, that girl. Uh, I think her name's as es- as Emeralda, Uh The crazy red hair girl. Like no, she's not crazy. She just has crazy looking hair. <laughs> right. But uh, I guess she's like some kind of higher up member in the organization, and she's also... she's she's a competent pilot. Yeah. and it seems like she has some authority. She also seems like she doesn't really want to pilot.
1: Yeah, that that was weird. <laughs>
0: 'Cause he was like, oh, I, I she was really uncomfortable with the fact there's this plot point later where it's like we gotta do this mid-air pickup of this of the gun their Gundam.
1: Yeah, you don't know it's a Gundam at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's actually really interesting. You start piecing it together. He's coming back from a meeting with Anaheim, the company that makes the Gundams. <laughs> Fa- famously, at this point in the Gundam overall story, it has been revealed that Anaheim makes weapons for the good guys, the bad guys, they don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah, they're like Boeing or whatever, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're just like any other weapons manufacturer. But yeah, he's coming back from a meeting with them. That's why he was in space, and now he's coming back to Earth. And they're retrieving what he ordered or whatever bought from them.
0: Or stole. Usually they steal them.
1: Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, actually.
0: They always, Neo, not Neo Zeon, um, Aiyug, they stole their Gundams. Um, Yeah. In, in Star Memory, they stole the the Gundam with the new. Well, Amara Ray,
1: right. he stole the original
0: gun. Yeah, but it, he was fight for the Earth Federation anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like she was like real nervous and didn't want to. She was really apprehensive about piloting and stuff. And I thought, it was like, oh, is there something happened with her? Maybe, maybe she had a near miss. <laughs> uh, she almost blew it though. It was that was that was a pretty good tension filled moment was getting Yeah, capsule. it's
1: interesting because there's very little going on. They're just in very low orbit and she's trying to grab this big thing with a mobile suit. That's it. But it, it is pretty tense. The music helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about Lane Aim, the new
0: Gundam pilot? At first I thought he was a girl. hmm <laughs> He just kind of looked feminine and then like when I...
1: We've had a lot of feminine androgynous. I mean... Camille Bidon, come on!
0: Well, the voice doesn't help either. Yeah. And well,
1: it's a it's he's it's a young, he's teenaged or something. I
0: don't know. Yeah, he shouldn't be in a war, but, the, but he the, is. Uh,
1: <laughs> in this tradition of overly young Gundam pilots who are probably going to be horribly scarred by war.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Benadier was definitely male. You could tell he was. That's true. <laughs> the last the last one, but uh judo ashto was clearly male. <laughs> oh he was chad he was told Chad.
1: yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: but i uh, at first it was kind of he was kind of played off like a bit of a joke because uh, uh kenneth slag he was saying what, yeah it's
1: like talking about how incompetent he is like oh i'm gonna take it away i'm gonna give give the gundam to hathaway no oh, over here
0: he's like hey wait he's <laughs> like you he didn't want it and uh uh, he was just like, ah, oh, he's good. He's good as a test pilot, but nothing else. And he, like, he had always talk down about him. He's like, oh, we got to rely on his judgment for this operation because they couldn't. They couldn't stay in contact with him, I guess, because of Minofsky particles. I think is what it was. They brought up Minofsky particles again.
1: Yeah, well, thanks to Minofsky particles, this this is something that would confuse the fuck out of you if you hadn't seen prior Gundam stuff and you watched Hathaway. Is communications don't work. I just bumped my mic, I'm sorry. Communications don't work in the Gundam universe the way they do in the real life because of the discovery of Minofsky particles, mm-hmm. which is like this stupid bullshit science particle that basically makes long-range communications extremely difficult or impossible, depending on the situation.
0: Radar also does not work.
1: Radar also doesn't work. Hence, sneak attacks by 12-story robots are now possible. Yeah, so
0: it's like... Now, all the weapons have gone back to being dumb, pretty much. Yeah. There's no more homing missiles and shit. It's all, everything mm. just fire and forget now.
1: So, that's that's how they got rid of, like, cruise missiles and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if we missed anything in the plot that we want to talk about.
1: Um, there's an interesting unexplored thing about classism. I feel like I said that a lot on the show, but... It comes up in a lot of films. Uh, he's playing. He's staying in like the super ultra rich part of town, and then he walks. He buys a ticket for a flight. He ends up not taking, and walks through the shitty part of town, and is then picked up to go join the terrorists by a kid in a rowboat with a sail. Yeah, by, by a kid in like a catamaran or
0: something. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do that in Unicorn too, a little bit. Like yeah. when Benadier goes to the the Zeon colony, he he gets taken there. I shouldn't say he goes; he gets taken. Oh
1: yeah, the old mining colony. Yeah, they're all poor. And then, yeah, I remember
0: when that. it shows all the Anaheim people; they're all super rich and decrepit and assholes <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, then there's the the Gundam fight at the at the end.
1: Yeah, I really liked it.
0: It was cool, yeah. It was a good fight. I just don't like how the Gundams look.
1: <laughs> yeah, they both, they're so busy. Uh, I like the head on the Gundam ZZXI. I, is it pronounced some other way? It, I don't know. They don't say it in the movie.
0: They don't. It has some unpronounceable symbol, too, like it's Prince or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, it made me think about turn a Gundam.
0: It's looks better than the other one the penelope which is i'm sure a name that strikes fear in the hearts of all zeon pilots or something oh no the penelope no not penelope (laughs) well come on the unicorn is called the fucking unicorn yeah but yeah and then it looks harmless at first because there's it looks like it has almost no weapons or some shit it's all white Hmm. and then it changes (laughs) yeah it's like oh shit then it has a beam magnum that makes one of the best sounds ever (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> that sound is great
1: I do really like that they they nixed the like one solid beam weapon thing well not nixed they, they still the Penelope still has this big stupid fan things that fire beam weaponry. but there's a lot of like small range missiles and rockets that kind of action going. they have on. a
0: missile fight like uh, the Penelope goes after Hathaway's Gundam Hathaway pilots the other Gundam uh mm. Which I was a little bit surprised by. I didn't think he would be piloting and be like the main guy like that.
1: Yeah, like when did he get trained to be that competent of a mobile suit pilot?
0: Maybe he is a new type.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right, are we done talking about the Gundam fight? Because that's that's the next story beat.
0: I I guess there's not much else to say other than it looked cool. And nobody died somehow miraculously, you know? Somehow.
1: <laughs> it it is really cool to see the the procedure that Lane has to go to after the Penelope is downed, because he has to like flood the cockpit and then swim out, and he's got like his side arm, and so it's it's just neat. I like that that minutia that makes Gundam feel a little bit more realistic.
0: Yeah, UC's usually really good at that. Sometimes other yeah, shows do it unicorn too.
1: Unicorn is did that a lot. Narrative did that a lot. Eighth MS team did that a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Wing did that a lot.
1: That's true. It's <laughs> not UC though. Eh. New types. Clearly they're still extremely important. But ha- like, what happened at the end of Shars Counterattack is still one of the most important things that has happened to mankind at this point in the story. Yeah. But it is so weird how people don't want to just all the time be like there are weird magic space people <laughs> who have amazing force-like abilities and can hear other new types and pilot mobile suits amazingly well.
0: Yeah, I uh, think Hathaway talks to Gigi about it. They have a discussion. He just flat out says, they don't exist. That's not They don't real.
1: exist. He says that. But one of the first things that happens in the movie is when... The, the aircraft's been taken over by those terrorists. It turns out to be fake Mafti. They're just, like, posers.
0: Mm-hmm. He,
1: she's like, oh, don't worry, or don't worry, take him out. They're fake. They're frauds, or something like that. And he sees her, and she's not speaking, Yeah, implying she is at some level a new type. He is at some level a new type, which we already knew from Char's Counterattack. Yeah. So right right away, there's, like, a new type thing. And then they they the rest of the movie they just don't even talk about it. Maybe. Like even even that in that scene in the hotel room she mentions new types and he's like all oh, new types don't exist.
0: Maybe it was we're like We were
1: talking about a guy who used to hang out with Amaro Ray. Yeah. And you know in in ca- Quest, Kess, Quest, whatever it is. Yeah.
0: That awful character. <laughs>
1: that awful awful character and her awful hair. <laughs> So he clearly knows that that new types are a thing, and it seems like he would know that she knows because of that thing that happened. But maybe like in the heat of the moment, adrenaline or something like he doubts that that's what happened.
0: It could also be like they don't realize like maybe she didn't know she was doing that. Like maybe, maybe it was like subconsciously and her latent new type abilities. It's like that got out kind of thing. That's kind of how it starts at first. You don't realize that's what's happening. Right. Um, for him, though, I feel like he would definitely know about that. and It's possible he's just downplaying it because he's trying to, you know, make it seem like yeah, he's more not normal. I'm
1: not a badass pilot. I'm going to go study plants.
0: Yeah, I have to go tend to my botanical gardens.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a botanical observer is what he says he's studying to be. Is that even a real thing?
0: I don't. Maybe
1: it just sounds like you would go to arboretums and just look at the trees
0: you should take Shiori Fujisaki to the Arboretum (laughs) it's a deep cut there no um, I guess uh, but I've noticed throughout the whole Universal Century timeline that like it seems like they're real slow to grasp that concept of new types and whether or not they're real Uh, like Amuro didn't really fucking figure it out till almost the end of the series right And like, I guess Char knew about them because, you know, he was out in space and his father and all that stuff. Well, he was he was with Lala as well. Yeah. But before that, I don't think he even that he even had an inkling. Oh, I could be a new type until I guess later. Uh, And then other characters like uh, Camille didn't Mm -hmm. he didn't that didn't come up until later.
1: Uh, well, then Xeon apparently had that program where they were like artificially creating new types. Hence, four was that her name?
0: Yes. And yeah. I think the Federation tried to do it too. Yeah. So, so yeah,
1: they, they'll talk about that in Unicorn or Narrative or something. Narrative. Yeah.
0: It's a narrative. So, on some level, it's like I guess people in the government know about it and they want to try to exploit it. But I think like the public at large, it's still like maybe it's like an urban myth or something.
1: Yeah, it it seems it's not yet officially a thing. It's
0: kind of like, oh, you're a psychic, like
1: that. <laughs> yeah. They they've always had a lot in common with Jedi as
0: well. Yeah, for most part, people still don't like. Depending on what flavor of Star Wars you're doing, Jedi are just a myth or an old legend, or it's right, it's just some crazy old person with a lightsaber or whatever. <laughs> Laser Except sword. it's
1: some crazy young person with a robot.
0: Yes. That can or cannot transform or shoot lasers. Um, I think after that battle, though, it pretty much ends. It's just the aftermath of that battle. And um, I guess Mafti's linked up with some other people, like some other kind of aircraft carrier or some big ship or some shit out in the ocean.
1: He's living on a ship somewhere.
0: Yeah, there's two they have a couple ships. They have resources, these these people. And Federation, I guess the Slag knows who who he is. He knows Hathaway's Mafty.
1: He's figured out he either is Mafty or is closely associated with them.
0: Pretty much. And he's gonna get him, and I guess that's the whole plot of this. This three three movie series I'm thinking is gonna yeah. be.
1: Yeah, there will be three.
0: I just hope the next
1: I am very anxious to see the next one, but I mean, if they're going to keep up how gorgeous this movie is, how long is it going to take?
0: I don't know. It's like Thunderbolt too, though. Thunderbolt's kind of the same way. Uh, And I want the next installment of Thunderbolt to come out before that. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I just wish there was... I almost feel like they could make this a a series, not a movie. And I don't know if I'd like it better for that. That's what
1: they did with Unicorn. Don't forget.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's true. So They,
1: they animated in-between stuff that doesn't look as good as the rest of it.
0: Yeah. I guess it's, it's a trade-off, though. You get more story, you get more plot, you get more character stuff, you get less pretty.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, I like it.
1: Yeah, I, I really liked it. I, I liked this movie a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot since I watched it. Also, I'm ready. I'm ready for side stories in the universal century storyline that have little to nothing to do with the mobile suits. It's cool. I I think they've shown that there's, there's a way to do that and they should do it.
0: Yeah. Each series kind of, or yeah, mostly series. uh, They kind of play with that a little bit where they'll sometimes have the characters not really do anything in a mobile suit for a while. Yeah. Or they just go off somewhere and fuck off in a town and then they get in a bar fight or, something or they can't pile it for some reason uh but this is like the first one i feel like where they really tried to play with that idea it's like well we don't really need the main character to be in a mobile suit the whole time right it worked
1: yep but yeah big recommend um if you like gundam whatsoever huge recommendation and uh, if you if you if you're just a fan of great animation and you like anime another pretty big recommendation and uh, if you're just curious like i said watch the first 20 minutes and you'll decide like if you watch the first 20 minutes and decide you don't want to watch the rest you will have enjoyed this 20 minutes at least
0: and if that don't work try thunderbolt you don't need to know anything if you watch thunderbolt
1: find a self contained series watch thunderbolt watch the eighth Ms team yeah mhm
0: It'll tell you everything you need to know in it. Mm -hmm.
1: These are the good guys. Those are the bad guys. They're at war. The end. (laughs) All right. Well, we have some minor news to discuss. Nintendo announced a new Switch, and it wasn't the Switch Pro. (laughs)
0: Much Are you t- sick
1: of hearing those words yet?
0: I am. I'm, I, I wish people would just give up on it. Like, just stop. I don't care. I don't care if it's a Switch Pro or not. Apparently, everybody else really fucking does though. Why? I, I, 4K. What? <laughs> That's the only reason. I, they feel like they're graphics.
1: Gonna get, oh, I need better graphics.
0: They're gonna get more frames or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's
1: stupid. Well, they're gonna get an OLED screen. Which, sure, will look better.
0: Nintendo said it's for gamers with commitment issues. Which sounds really funny, the way they worded that. (laughs) I I guess to like...
1: What are they trying to say? I
0: I don't (laughs) know. What do you mean by that, Nintendo? What do you read into that statement? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have commitment Uh, issues. I'm fine with the regular one.
1: But that's it. Oh, uh, and the new dock has a port for a LAN cable, which I do like.
0: That's better, yeah. Yeah, and you can, stupid
1: you can you can
0: buy the dock do. separately though. I found out.
1: Good, I might do that.
0: I might do that too, maybe.
1: And there's a white one.
0: Which is, I guess, that's fine.
1: Yeah, whatever. If you want to have uh, 2005 Apple styling for your <laughs> Switch, you can do that now.
0: <laughs> oh, Nintendo, always up on the but times. Yeah,
1: uh, shut up about the Switch Pro, <laughs>
0: please. Let it go. They've been
1: saying it, and we've gotten we've gotten the Switch Lite, and now the OLED Switch. Since people have been saying it,
0: <laughs> this is like the same people have been complaining about. Like it's sort of like complaining, but also wishing that Nintendo would put out just like something that's on par with the competitors, tech wise. Ever since like the GameCube, and they Nintendo won't they won't let it.
1: Has out. no interest in directing com- directly with them. That's stupid.
0: No, because they figured out it's like it's not worth doing. It's like. What's the point of doing that? What is the point of offering essentially the same thing three times over in the same market? Yeah. They figured that Nintendo out.
1: Nintendo is the king of fun and casual land.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm not the biggest Nintendo fan, but like, honestly, I don't blame them for that approach. It fucking works.
1: <laughs> it's working. Yeah. It's working. I'm, the Switch has out, outsold multiple consoles throughout the history of gaming in multiple regions at this point.
0: You don't have to have the biggest, best technology to fucking be successful. That's been proven multiple times in gaming's history. I don't know why people can't figure that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's it. No Switch Pro. Maybe there will be one day. I hope not.
0: I hope not, too, just despite everybody that wants it. Just
1: despite everyone, yeah. Like, if there was a Switch Pro, its existence would in no way affect my day-to-day life. So, fine but I don't want one to spite the people who have been wanting one for like three years. <laughs> I'll actually,
0: I'll be disappointed if it comes out. Like, cause I want Nintendo to keep this troll game up. I want them to just never give them what they want. Yeah. Maybe they'll come out with the switch super pro and it's like eight K native and it's better than the other two.
1: <laughs> it comes with a virtual boy headset.
0: A, a, an actual, this is our virtual reality called virtual boy. You put the boy <laughs> in the headset this is the virtual, this is the boy. And that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then one other minor Nintendo news thing, this isn't news, it's just something we wanted to discuss, really bitch about. Um, the Twitter sphere, the Reddit sphere, lots of other people have glommed on to this clip. I should have looked for a little bit more context from it, but honestly I just don't care and don't want to know some big shot Pokemon card collector D bags or something. We're talking about older Pokemon cards because they've blown up in popularity. Like children can't buy Pokemon cards anymore. (coughs) Did you know that target refuses to sell Pokemon cards now because they think it's too outrageous?
0: No, I haven't heard that.
1: I think it was target. I'm 90% sure it was target. Target just removed them from stores and they said, Look, if you if you can't act like grown adults buying... Because you've seen the footage of like they open and a bunch of, you know, neck-bearded man children push each other down, rushing to the card section and then shovel as many Pokemon cards into a card as they can.
0: I've not seen that, no. I had no idea this was That's happened on. in
1: the last few months.
0: What the hell?
1: <laughs> the Target said, look, we're not we're not even going to be around this. There are no Pokemon cards in our stores anymore.
0: Good. Good. <laughs>
1: I think they still sell them online or something like that, but they just they they don't even want that shit happening in their stores. That's
0: probably for the best. That's probably a good move. It is.
1: <laughs> it is. I think I think I saw in a similar news story that Walmart has severely limited the amount of cards that they are shipping to stores as well.
0: They should do the same thing for fucking video game consoles.
1: They did. Walmart does not sell um, the new consoles in their brick and mortar stores.
0: Oh, I meant, like, they should limit it to, like, one per customer or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Why do you need two? Why do you need fucking four?
1: They're going to sell them on eBay.
0: Yeah, they should just limit it one per customer.
1: (laughs) I I, I had a moment of enjoyment, though. When I got mine from Best Buy, I had to go pick it up. Yeah. Like, I bought it on their website, and then I had to go to the actual store to get it. The guy in line in front of me also picked up an Xbox... And, like, we both walked out of the store, and he was, like, putting his in the back of his vehicle, and he saw me coming out of the store holding mine. And we we each had that moment of, like, acknowledgement.
0: <laughs> You're not going to sell <laughs> yes, this, are you? have done it. <laughs> <laughs> should have
1: asked him. No, he says, uh, he says, have fun, or something like that. I can't remember.
0: Ah, well, that's good.
1: Yeah, you know, it was nice. But anyway, uh, neck-bearded man-children are obsessed with Pokemon cards. And they've exploded in value. And these guys are discussing that. And they have... On display, in their possession, for example's sake... A base set Charizard, which is one of the most expensive of them. I don't know if it's Shadowless or whatever. But one of them. And it has been signed by the artist. The the Japanese man who did the art for the card. And they're talking about how that signature is useless and devalues the card... Yeah. and uh, basically saying, you know, that's a bad thing. And everyone is outraged, including myself. I, I, I'm framing this in a way that, like, oh, who cares? But, like, what are you talking about? You collect Pokemon cards. This is something that you should value. And it just shows where their headspace is at. They're not collecting Pokemon cards for the love of Pokemon cards. They're collecting them because they're valued by their shitty nerdy peers
0: I yeah because e- even if you want to say they're valuing it for monetary purposes usually mm-hmm. when the guy who did the original drawing signs whatever it is mm-hmm. that increases the monetary value of that item whatever it is yeah of course and they don't it's like I said before we just got on like that's the only collection hobby I've ever heard of where some people said that
1: This is the only time I've ever heard of that being the case. You
0: could take the damn, whoever made the fucking cover art for Led Zeppelin four, if that guy's still alive and (laughs) have him sign it, that would increase the value of that fucking album. You can get the guy that did the cover art for persona three to sign it. That would increase the value of that item.
1: Definitely. Yeah. You always want like the voice actors to sign it, or, you know, of course, head
0: comics, of course, is the big Comics
1: one. are the most obvious example.
0: Yeah. yeah. People yeah. always try to what's get... The guy's name? Guys.
1: Tim Drake signed my fucking Batman comic Jim Starlin.
0: Jim Starlin yeah. signed my Infinity Gauntlet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, again, it's hard to say exactly what I'm trying to say. It just shows the mindset that they're getting in over these Pokemon cards. They're not collecting them because they love playing the Pokemon card game. They don't love having a full set of Pokemon cards. They just love it because they know all of these other losers also want these cards.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's it. It's like the most, uh, that's what we've come to. Like <laughs>
1: they, they just want to have it because it deprives other people from having it. I hate to use that's it. That's how it derives its value.
0: I hate to use this word cause it gets overused a lot and shit, but it's like the most, toxic aspect of the collection community you can have. Oh,
1: yeah. that That's apt here. Yeah.
0: Mm. Shameful.
1: And The worst part of it is the people that they are depriving from having it are, yes, a bunch of other neck-bittered weirdos, but
0: also children. Yeah.
1: You know, the target audience for Pokemon cards.
0: Yeah. You were once kids. Yeah. Kids got to start somewhere, and now you can't even let them start. I guess they have to... No. Be satisfied by the video games or something. Yeah, and I hope they are. They probably are, but you know, you always want more when you're into something. You want some other aspect of it.
1: I collected Pokemon cards.
0: I did too for a brief, brief spell there. Uh, but it's like any other hobby you get into or whatever you like. You want more of it. Uh, you'll take yeah. it however you can get it, and they can't get that now. They can't. Yeah. They're jonesing for I don't it. Know.
1: That's ridiculous. It
0: is. It's it's sad.
1: Look, get into a hobby. And I don't want to tell you how to enjoy your hobby, obviously. But maybe take a step back and consider why you enjoy what you enjoy. And if it isn't for a more wholesome reason, maybe there's something else you could be doing with your
0: time. Yeah. If your enjoyment comes from depriving other people of enjoyment, you're an asshole.
1: You're an asshole. <laughs> that's a much better way of saying what I was trying to say.
0: <laughs> to me, that's that's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Stop.
1: Speaking speaking of saying things better than I try to say, I want to point out at the end of uh, this second consecutive episode of Big Trouble in Little Gaiden here. Uh, Dubs does an enormous amount of work on these episodes. This is this is not easy. I, I can record. But I've been beating my head against a wall all week trying to convert the last one we recorded. Like, I put it into a converter, and then my computer went to sleep, and it paused it. So then I had to babysit the computer while it it converted it. And then I got a file that had no sound, which is all I wanted. And all kinds of stuff like that. Also, the intro and outro, I can never remember what to say. That's what I'm trying to segue into, is the outro. But at any rate, thank you so much for all the work you do, Dubs. He'll be back next week. I'm sure everyone missed him. Uh, Thanks for listening to episode 156 of Big Trouble and Little Podcast. Go check out Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway on Netflix. You're going to have to do a search for it because it's not going to be on the
0: homepage. We're starting Bond next.
1: We're starting Bond next. We're going into Timothy Dalton's Bond movies.
0: And Casino Royale.
1: And the original Peter Sellers' Cristiano Royale. We're watching Dalton first, though, right?
0: Yeah, because we don't want to start yeah. with that.
1: So we'll be back next week with Timothy Dalton. Uh, as always, you can get all episodes of Big Trouble in Little Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Stitcher. Bleh, I can't speak.
0: Red Circle. Uh, I, yeah, that's the only one I remember.
1: That's the only one. <laughs> Podcast Addict. <laughs> Go back and listen to all of our other Bond episodes. Get ready for a New Bond next week. Thanks for listening.
0: See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Uh... Finn.